This episode, we take a closer look at the church triumphant, discuss weird things about the saints, hello relics, and introduce you to some of our favorite weirdos who happen to be saints. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Oh yeah, you have hit the play button on the Catholic Underground. We are a podcast cutting through the noise and hopefully bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 433 for those of you who are keeping score uh, on your tally sheet at home. I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And joining me, also in Louisiana, we've got Kathleen Lee. Hey Kathleen. Hey, how are you? I am well. How good. I'm quite well. I'm, hmm. I'm looking forward to the Feast of Christ the King. It's one of my favorites. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which now dates the show, but that's okay. It's all right. It's, it's okay. fine. We're, it's always, where we're, we're always looking forward to the Feast of Christ the King. We are always oh. looking forward, yeah, or looking back from it, you know? That's how liturgical life works. Speaking of liturgical life, we've got Olivia. She's always, oh, she's perennially here. That's true. Yeah. That sounds like a bad thing but no yes, no I it's know. very good yeah and and then also joining us uh, a special guest in studio k we have nicole jones nicole hi there is uh Hello. i guess we should say what you do huh yeah i mean valid point people should know people are, <laughs> the people are asking if the, this is what they're wondering about yeah nicole works for the diocese of baton rouge in the office of young adult ministry is that correct youth and young adult ministry youth and young adult ministry programs i'm what is the coordinator the, of youth and young adult ministry yeah. programs or something yeah program coordinator yeah <laughs> she the, does it's she a does lot of word salad everyone okay. has different names for it yeah so you put things together mm-hmm for our youth and young adult in our diocese. Precisely. I didn't mean young adult singular. There are more than one. I know you're out there. <laughs> I yeah. mean, hey, I am the young adult. You I'm are doing the young adult in that office. That's true. Uh, also, um, also young adults. Huh? We have Albert, who's uh, up on the Jeff Star One, who is running the audio for us uh, for this broadcast, as well as Ed Ball, uh, who is in uh, the ball pit. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Uh, Huzzah! What made it even joke. better was like the the look of ugh on your face before you said it. Yeah, mm. he's he's in the video zone. Um, yes, that's boring, so but okay. Yeah. So this episode, uh, we thought we would would stick with the theme a little bit from um, from the last show that mm-hmm. we did, uh, which was talking about the four last things. So so um, death, judgment and then heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought we would consider, actually, because we also talked a lot about um, a lot about hell, too, a couple yeah. of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we want to talk about heaven, and we want to talk specifically about the ones who inhabit it, and that would be, of course, the saints, because, uh, as you know, this is, this is the month of November when we're yeah. broadcasting this, and it's known as not only the month of all souls, but also the month of all saints, mm-hmm. where we celebrate the church triumphant. And I, I always I like to use that phrase because I yeah. don't think we use it enough. Triumphant. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think people have a uh, like you ask like what are the different I don't know, like parts of the church. Yeah. You know, and people will say like what do you, the priests, the lay yeah. people, and it's like no 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 like like there's the church on earth. Well, then what else is there? And they're like mm-hmm. I, I really don't have no idea because the people don't think of like the church as anything but like the institution. That's right. Yeah. We, yeah we typically think of what we can see. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that's St. Peter's at the Vatican. That's your right. parish church. church is, yeah. 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 But isn't it cool how when you use those titles, like when you talk to young people about being the church militant, they're mm-hmm. like, 
I'm what? And I'm like, yeah, get excited about that. Like, yeah, and some people kind of are thrown off by the the kind of militaristic language, right? right? Church mm-hmm. triumphant, you have won. The right. saints in heaven are the church triumphant. Mm-hmm. Right. The church militant are the ones who are fighting on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you you have the the church suffering, right? Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. church that is uh, that are presently awaiting beatitude yeah. in um, in purgatory. And so, yeah. well, I think it's a beautiful thing too, especially like I mean, the way we do confirmation in our diocese, it's it's high school students, yeah. you know, um, juniors, maybe some sophomores, but um, but I think it's a beautiful thing to remind them like this is your full initiation into the church militant, right. like yeah. you are a warrior for Christ. That's right. And I think that like the ones who who have that kind of at the forefront of their mind, those are the ones who come out and they're like want to be Joan of Arc, you know, like yeah. they want to be Saint Michael, because they they realize that they have this fight, this fervor in them. They, yes. they just need to apply it to yeah. something. Right. That's know? the thing. I think we, we perhaps uh, shortchange our young people on mm-hmm. is we don't give them the vocabulary to realize that they are, in fact, um, they are <laughs> pressed into service by right. the Lord, right? The, their baptism begins it and they are sealed completely in confirmation with mm-hmm. the gifts of the Spirit. That's the armor they wear. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, I think that... Um, I remember whenever I was doing um, youth ministry, like volunteering with um, a parish here, I remember I gave a talk on St. Gianna Mola, mm-hmm. and I was talking like, you know, she's a mom, she has kids, she was married, all this stuff. Like she died in the past century, like how awesome is that? And I had a little small group, and one of the girls was like, and she's a saint? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sweetie. Like, sweetie. Yeah, I mean, of course, <laughs> yeah. I'm also like, my heart is breaking a bit because she's getting confirmed and three months and yeah. has no idea but I was like you do not I mean I love everyone and the clerics and the habit everything but mm-hmm. you know like you can wear a dress and be a saint yeah, yeah. wear your Nikes I mean I know that's mm-hmm. a big thing with Monte yeah. Carlo right now yeah. but well not yeah. to it, I mean, I'm on the same vein like not to devalue these saints but there are so many saints where you look it was like you know hermit martyr virgin these are Mystic. all like the, the yeah. words and it's yeah. like yeah that's those are I mean, there are some phenomenal saints but right. like when we look at this call to be holy like when you tell kids when you tell young people when you tell people in general that like your call is to be a saint right now mm-hmm. is to be holy right now that is your vocation yep. there there's something like you can light people up with that because mm-hmm. it's like look you don't have to wear and and you're right there are beautiful saints that are are religious that are priests that are sisters you know that are are popes you know like and that that's incredible but like sometimes that can be far removed yeah you know because they're like i'm not a priest i'm never gonna i'm probably not gonna be a priest mm-hmm. you know but how so i guess i'm not called to be holy i'm not called to be a saint right now but when you tell them look yeah you've got this and you can use saints like you know um like saint gianna mola or uh you know uh, blessed carlos carlo Acutis, who we've talked about before um like these are our guys and girls and women and men who just live their life mm-hmm. and answered that call to holiness that's right you know um and so you know i think that the, the saints when you talk about especially to young people like you could live like this mm-hmm. and and it's it's difficult but it's not unattainable that's know? right in fact uh in 1917 well he died in 1917 but uh, the novelist and essayist uh leon bloy he said in the end of it all mm-hmm. there is only one tragedy in the end not to have been a saint mm-hmm. I mean, that we, we oftentimes forget that our lives are either just simply aiming towards the grave yeah. 
or they're aiming towards what comes after it, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're going to meet the grave at some point, but we know and we believe that there is something after that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where we, we speak about um, the church triumphant. And so the saints are really to give us, uh, to give us something to look forward to, because just like you remember, of course, please God, if you get to go to, to your Thanksgiving festivities, you know, mm-hmm. Um, you look forward to seeing family members. You look forward to catching up. You look forward to being with those who are close to you. And we realize that the saints are more alive than we are, as mm-hmm. we've said so many times, that, that they don't cease to be active in the church mm-hmm. because we can't see them. Right. You know, I had a baptism this morning, and there is a portion of the baptismal liturgy that is a litany of saints where you, you call upon the saints to pray for the child who's about to be baptized. We don't do that as a memorial we do that as an activation, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, of calling them forth. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that, too, you know, um, that the notion of the saints isn't just something the church made up. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a, a, a pious idea that uh, that we kind of come about in the 12th century or so. No, right. this is from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, we, we certainly speak about it in, in, in some ways in the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. But I think most specifically about the book of Revelation, because everybody likes that book because it's the yeah. one at the end, you know. <laughs> But the book of Revelation talks about, uh, in, in, uh, I should say, what this is a revelation of. This mm-hmm. is the revelation to St. John. So, um, so the beloved disciple, the, the last living apostle, um, at, at a point in his life, had this beautiful vision of heaven, most mm-hmm. specifically of heaven. And uh, in it, in Revelation 4, um, verse 10, he says, The 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, singing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So there are 24 elders mm-hmm. that, that are before the throne of the Lamb, who is, of course, Jesus, and, and they are worshiping him, first of all. Uh, um, and, and they continue to do that. In Revelation 5, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Mm-hmm. So we get the sense uh, certainly clearly in, in John's gospel, or I should say in John's account in the mm-hmm. book of Revelation, of, of what, what takes place in heaven. It's, it's a liturgy. It's this beautiful liturgy of worshiping the Lord yeah. and the prayers of the saints. Well, who are they praying for? A, a saint doesn't need to pray for themselves if they're mm-hmm. already in heaven, but a saint then offers these bowls of incense of prayer for us. Yeah. You know, and so there's this there's a real notion of our family. Yeah. Well, and we also hear in Revelation too about like, um, and I don't remember the exact citation about like the prayers of the saints rising like incense into yes. heaven, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so like the prayers of the saints, it's not just those who are in heaven, right? But us here and now right yeah. and i think that that's a tradition that comes from the old testament like you were saying too like this is not just something that's like it's only in the new testament it's kind of an invention yeah. right but like the old testament we hear about the um what are called the anawim yeah. um and it's the poor ones that's right the widows yeah. the it's, orphans that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's it's very much you know what we hear about in the beatitudes the ones who are poor in spirit right because yeah. they will see god so the the ones who were the anawim um, they're the considered like the real Israel, right? Yeah. So um, the people, ones closest to the Lord, yeah, because and they, often, they have nothing else. Yeah, you might overlook them because mm-hmm. they don't look very, you know, uh, stately or anything, right? Um, but they're the ones who they keep the the law imprinted upon their hearts, right? Those mm-hmm. are the ones who find their their refuge, their hope in the Lord, yep. and that's that's sanctity. So if if we're living like that already now, yeah. well, then we are the saints, right? That's right. 
and and we forget that too is that we we don't um we don't just achieve sainthood whenever we're canonized right. Right. you know mm-hmm. canonization of course is the process by which the the holy father the pope um by the authority given to him in his role as a successor of peter can uh, after scrutiny um determine that a person has lived a life worthy of emulation and because miracles have been granted by asking the, the, the prayers of this particular person, um, those miracles have been granted. The Holy Father can say, well, a, a person who is in purgatory or hell <laughs> can't grant miracles, yeah. you know. Um, and, and so that if these miracles have been granted as a result of this intercession, then this person is in beatitude, in eternal beatitude, is in the presence of the Lord. And so they are therefore saints. Well, my brothers and sisters, whenever we leave the confessional, <laughs> yeah. we are as close to saints as we possibly can be because we have been cleansed, uh, not only of original sin and baptism, but mm-hmm. we are cleansed of the actual sins that we commit uh, you know, day to day to day. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the just man falls seven times, all right, uh, from, from the book of Proverbs, I believe. And so it, once we are cleansed from our sins and, and we're set back out on the path, yeah, absolutely, sainthood is our goal. And we're supposed to want to drag people with us, to yeah, bring them yeah. with us, you know. And, and that goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, even. Mm-hmm. Um, in a dream, God commands King Abimelech to ask Abraham to intercede for him. He says, for Abraham is a prophet and he will pray for you, so you shall live. And then whenever uh, the Lord is angry with Job's friends because they didn't speak rightly about God in Job uh, chapter, verse, chapter 42, it says, let my servant Job pray for you because I will accept his prayer lest I make a terror on you. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is this notion that, that there are those who are living now mm-hmm. who are called to pray for one another. We're supposed to do that. And if the saints are not just simply dead, right. but they are alive in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. then they still have that role because they are our brothers and sisters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to think like, you know, um, when I was learning about Blessed Carlo Acutis, like we, the, who in our lives do we call? Like, man, this guy is saintly. Mm-hmm. This lady is holy. Yep. Like, who are those people? And are, am I saying not just like that person is a good person? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that person is holy and I want to be like that person? Yeah. Right. I want to pray for people. I want to continuously be drawing people into Christ. Like, mm-hmm. how am I looking at my own life going, there are saints in my life. Yeah. How do I be like them? That's mm-hmm. right. You know? Yeah. And so that's where we find ourselves now. And, and it's interesting, especially. Um, with with the last five or six hundred years or so um, in in Christianity, there's this notion that somehow sainthood uh, is is unnecessary because it's uh, because it's Roman, you know, because it's 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 a uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, popish frippery, oh, I believe, yeah. is the phrase. Oh, yeah, you like that, Nicole? You can use that. It's oh. like a hashtag. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the new hashtag for the Red Stick yeah. Catholics. Yeah. Popish frippery. Yeah, sure. yeah, there you go. But but they would say that well, you're obviously you're making a graven image mm-hmm. and you're uh the, you're you're worshiping these saints. And no, I mean as you've listened to us describe exactly how the saints fit within what we call the communion of saints, the family right. that's not just us but those who are in the church triumphant. Um, we are called to seek their help because mm-hmm. they're next to God and they want nothing more than to do what the book of Revelation says, to, to hold these beautiful bowls of incense that mm-hmm. are the prayers of God going up before the throne of the Lamb. And, and that's, uh, that's been a part of our, our shared uh, tradition since the very beginning. You know? yeah. yeah, I definitely think for me, 
the best example I can give, because I know a few people, a few Instagram accounts that I follow have been putting out, you know, oh, why are people like, why are people worshiping saints? Like, do Catholics worship saints? But for me, um, around June, my grandfather um, got sick and it wasn't COVID or anything. Mm-hmm. But he had always had health problems like my whole life. It's not like new or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, he ended up not doing well in and out of the hospital. And I started texting all my friends, um, like, pray for my grandfather. Like, he's not doing well. Like, pray for my family and everything. But the closer I got to it, um, like, the closer, or I guess pretty recently, um, I was like, who are the saints yeah. that could fit in this? And his name is Anthony. So, of course, St. Anthony who is an amazing intercessor anyway, but JP two specifically because Pope St. John Paul II, um, he is my spiritual grandfather. That's who I imagine him to be. Like, Mm -hmm. I just have this very special link with this man, um, that I never met and vaguely remember him being alive when I was, um, very young. But I remember, um, it was the 22nd is his feast day, which is like an actual holiday for me. Mm-hmm. I know it's October 20. I mean, yeah, October 22nd. Um, I started praying very closely with him because my grandfather was really declining in his health. And a week later, he ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the whole time I was like, JP2 is with him. Like right now he is with JP2. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, that is why, why we pray for the intercession of the saints is just why we ask our friends to pray for us you know like we have our friends who we can always ask to pray like if i need a good grade on a test like whenever i was in college or just like to pray for me to pray for my family like why would we not have the people that we know are with jesus and closest to him like also praying Mm -hmm. for our intentions because that's what families do right exactly exactly Mm -hmm. so uh if you want some some good old latin and greek words right so Mm -hmm. latria is a sacrificial character of of prayer and that's offered only to god mm-hmm. right it's it's the offering of the sacrifice of praise which uh, means that mm-hmm. idolatry which, which which means that we idolize god right we we we, uh, we offer latria to idols that's right yeah, yeah to well to him right yeah yeah um and so uh, and so when we speak about latria that type of prayer that's offered only to god mm-hmm. when we speak of dulia Right, that is the same type of uh, service that someone pays another human being. You know, it's a that kind of dutiful service. So when we speak about the intercession of the saints and our relationship with them, dulia is what we're talking about. Right. So this um, this distinct thing where we're mm-hmm. not laying down uh, and worshiping before the throne of the Lamb at a person. Right. Um, but but we are we are kind of showing that that they have a uh, an important part in this communion, in this family, right? Mm. And so we offer that. And then hyperdulia mm. is uh, what we offer the Blessed Virgin Mary because there's kind of a heightened yeah, sense of, uh, of of Mary as our spiritual mother. She's mm. just kind of the best, you know? She's just kind <laughs> She's of the just best. She's kind of the yeah. best. She, she excels in dignity, and so therefore we offer her yeah. um, a, a type of, um, a, a heightened type of filial yeah. um, respect, if you will. Yeah. And I, don't, I didn't mean to like get you off track whenever you're talking about logic. I just like, I love I, when I teach, I like always bring it back to the words. And it's like, that's where idolatry comes yeah, from. It's idolatria. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. offering like latria, the worship that's due to God to something else that is not God, mm-hmm. something that has been set up in the place of God. Mm-hmm. And that's different than what you were saying. Of yeah. Like Dulia, because Dulia is, is like 
relationship, rightful exactly. relationship. Exactly, it's a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's uh, that's your, your breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, one of the things that we also believe because the saints uh, are in heaven, their souls are presently with God. Their bodies rest in the earth, mm-hmm. um, uh, awaiting the the second coming. Where we do believe that uh, our glorified bodies will be raised and reunited with our soul in the new heavens that uh, that that sneak preview the Lord is is giving to us um, that we have little sneak previews of in the liturgy and things like that. Um, but but in the meantime, uh, Catholics are weird. Yeah. And so, <laughs> blessedly and, so. And, mm-hmm. and blessedly so. And so one of the things that we do because the saints are so important is we, we keep their relics, right? Yeah. We keep, yeah. we keep pieces of the saint or the things that they use. And we use that for this dulia, for this right. sense of relationship. Yeah. And you will never know how weird you are as a Catholic <laughs> until you're engaged to someone who's not Catholic. Oh yeah. <laughs> My fiance is Methodist and, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, relics and things and he's like you do what with what and i'm like okay no it's pretty cool i found this article well actually i mean who doesn't have their grandfather's pocket watch you know that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. right and he's like these are are, are, you know yeah yeah, (laughs) Yeah. i mean there there are things that we that we keep to remember of them these are physical things but um i actually jim hayes shout out to jim hayes who is a complete saint himself um (laughs) he found some articles and i was reading about this article about uh this guy an interview with this guy father carlos martins Mm -hmm. um and he is and i didn't i did not know this existed he's what's called a custos Uh uh-huh a custodian right i'm getting there oh sorry (laughs) i'm trying to pronounce it right oh you're speaking the latin yes custos Custos. reliquarum (laughs) okay yeah yep So anyways, what that is, is an ecclesiastically appointed curate of relics with the authority to issue relics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, um, he answers all these questions about what is a relic. Let's just start. Like, what is a relic? Okay. Relics are physical objects that have a direct association with the saints or with our Lord. Now, there are three classes, and you may know this already. There are three classes to relics these physical remnants of the saints um or e or our our lady or even jesus himself and the first the first class right first class relic is uh, a body uh, a body part or a fragment of the body um, or a whole body um, of a saint such as uh, bone or flesh mm-hmm. um Blood, hair. Blood. Yeah, blood, blood, hair, mm-hmm. um, organs. We have some organs of the saints. Yeah, Pretty like cool. like the we heart of John Vianney. Psycho. Right, we do sound right psycho now. right in now. the best way. Yes, but this way. is so cool. Okay, the second class is um, something that a saint uh, personally owned. So maybe a piece of clothing that they wore all the time, or Their a book, or, right? Yeah. Or uh, Padre Pio's gloves mm-hmm. um, would be a second class relic. And a third class relic um, are those items that a saint may have touched or that have been touched to uh, a first, second, or another third class relic of a saint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are, I'm like, exactly. the, the closer you are to a saint, right, the, 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 the number changes first, right? Yeah. First is of the saint themselves. And so um, these relics are things, what do you have? I got a third class relic of uh, Maximilian Colby. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, because uh, yeah. all that actually remains of, of uh, Maximilian yeah. Colby uh, our our hairs hairs yeah. were collected before he went off to yeah. uh, to Auschwitz. Yeah, and so yeah, typically and those are your, your yeah. First it was bike. touched to one of his beard hairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. 
Oh, it's so <laughs> that cool. Is such a fact. One of my favorites <laughs> is that you can uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, you can go to the uh, the JP2 shrine. Oh yeah. And there are vials of his blood there. Yep. Um, yep. Which just that I mean it sounds so weird, but like think about this. I, I was reading this you know later on about how. Like we go to, he was um, comparing it to how we go to the graves of our loved ones mm -hmm. because we feel their body, you know, their bodies are there mm -hmm. and we feel physically close to them. Yeah. And so oftentimes we'll go and visit their grave site and, you know, maybe even speak to them, even though we know, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not there. Um, but how much closer can you get to a saint yeah. than something that, um, is of their body mm -hmm. or that has touched them or that they wore or, mm -hmm. you know, or used. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So cool. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's important to know that we venerate these things. We don't worship them. Right. They are not, you know, they they're are, not talismans yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Right. And they, you know, even he goes on to talk about how, um, how through these relics, right, many people have experienced uh, spiritual and physical healing. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's important to note that, like, that relic does not in and of itself heal anyone. Right. God uses that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. As he does all other things to to bring about healing or to bring about a miracle, should he see fit. Like right. you know, it's it's not a an end all be all if you, you know, are on your deathbed and you get a relic placed next to you of even, you know, of of even say something like the true cross, right? Mm -hmm. There is definite, you know, things there are definite things that God can use Right, 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 that relic for, but right. it's not a it's not a cure all. It's kind of no, and, and it's a, and it's a reflection certainly of of our faith right. that God wishes to work right. through created things because He does. Yeah. Right, the the sacraments are the most important uh, signs that that He is at work. Is that um, the sacraments are those those encounters with Christ Himself, and so a relic would per, be considered a sacramental. It points mm -hmm. to. Um, Christ working himself uh, in and through his church. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, our, our faith that, that God can use these holy things huh? uh, and that we can ask the intercessions of the saint whose relic we're holding, right. uh, that, that's not magic in any right. way, way, shape, or form, but it is the result of a relationship, mm -hmm. a close relationship. When, and how much do we say that we are a, like, you know, the sacraments, a visible sign of an invisible reality. Yeah. We are like, I say this, but it's going to sound wrong. We're materialistic people. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we, we yeah. are physical beings. Right. Yeah. We and encounter so, things through physicality. Right. And so yeah. these things are, are ways that we can, um, you know, draw closer to, to God. Yeah. Well, um, and I've been talking to my seniors about this too, that like we are hylomorphic beings, which means that we are body and soul and we were always made to be, mm -hmm. have our body and soul be together. And so death is like a, um, it's like a travesty because mm -hmm. our, we're, we're, ta we're ripped from what we're supposed to be, yeah. right? Body and soul. And um, so like, I love that, that we venerate things like, you know, relics and mm -hmm. parts of people's body. Like it is weird to a certain extent, but it's also very like deeply personal. Yeah. Because we're recognizing that the this is still the person, right? right? This is still it's a it's an aspect of the person. That's and right, and it's also story. a sign of great hope, right? Yeah. And that's what our veneration to saints is. Well, we're going to talk about more saints and specifically some saints. We're the Catholic Underground, so stay right there. We'll be right back after this.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Well, welcome back, y'all. It is uh, the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise and, you know, help you find the things that matter. And we're talking about some things that really do matter today. Um, As we venerate the saints in the month of November, we're talking about one of the ways that we venerate them, and that is with the relics of the saints. Relics are um, either a piece of the saint themselves, right, the, their bone or a piece of flesh or something like that, or their organs in some cases. Uh, what my, my patron is St. John Birchman's. Mm-hmm. St. John Birchman's was a, a young Jesuit novice, and uh, he died at, I think, 24, 25 years old, and uh, his heart is, um, is on display, I believe, in Diest in Belgium. Um, and his body is elsewhere. And so his heart uh, kind of went on tour because (laughs) the third miracle for his canonization was in Louisiana. It took place in Louisiana. Yeah, at at a convent, the Sisters of the Sacred Heart in in Opelousas or Karen Crow. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. um, Grand Coteau? Grand Coteau, my goodness, sorry. Uh, That's okay, and so And so I actually got to hold the reliquary with his heart in it while it was being venerated by the faithful and so that's i mean again i am just thinking i father chris you might get me on this this is kind of on topic kind of not that's all right you just said the convent of the sacred heart and then i'm thinking of um chicago Mm -hmm. if you think of chicago whenever you know where you come from mississippi convent of the sacred heart i don't know if that makes any sense to anybody but there's a reference i'm wondering is that like the real church is that the convent was it a real were they making a real reference uh, well if they were i don't know oh darn well <laughs> someone figure this out for me yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but no it was the academy of the sacred heart which was a convent right. yeah. Yeah. um and, and so these are the things that we do as yeah. as catholics right and so that that would be a, a, a first class relic right. second class relic is something that that the saint wore or something that they use like their prayer book their breviary or something like that um, or in the case of Blessed Carlo, uh, his PlayStation. Yeah, Everyone's right? saying, you know, I mean, how, how interesting. Crazy. I haven't isn't heard it? that yet. Or his Adidas wow. jacket. Yeah. Or his like, Adidas now jacket. I want to get an Adidas jacket. I saw, uh, we talked about this last show, there, that some kids, because he's such a new saint yeah. or a new blessed, um, that they, they wanted to dress up as Blessed Carlo. And so we have some kids in our own diocese yeah. that went trick or treating yeah. as Blessed Carlo. Which and so they so had the, awesome. the 80s Adidas uh-huh. jacket because in Italy they're stuck about 25 years behind in fashion. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and the Nike shoes and all mm. of that. Yeah. And that's one of the thing hairs. that we do is to dress up as yeah. saints too. That's also a weird Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. Well, one other thing during, um, during the last couple of weeks when we were you know experiencing this beatification process of Blessed Carlo is um, the question of like where what is the process and where do we get 
relics like mm-hmm. you know it wasn't it's not like they die and we just start you know yeah ra- scavenging the body, yeah right you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, but snip it is off a bone for me right yeah mm-hmm. can you just snip a little piece of hair right uh, but it's there's the the process of beatification right of canonization mm-hmm. um as it's taking place uh there are parts of the the right right where um Correct. Right. <laughs> Correct. Um, where the body is exhumed. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, mm-hmm. we'll talk, you know, we it's can part talk of the a little. investigation. Right. And yeah. we'll talk a little bit about incorruptibility, which <laughs> you yeah. talk about weird. I was about to ask, strange. are we talking about right? incorruptibility? Yeah, we are. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> uh, but during this process is when, um, is when you know, the, the body is exhumed and, um, and then pieces are for one reason or another by request or by um you know official yeah. official you know right, process. you're talking about a person who was a custos right a custodian right, right. of uh, of relics right? yeah so for example um um saint bernadette mm-hmm. uh, i was reading about her she is she's considered incorruptible and we'll speak about that later but um during one of her uh, exhumations mm-hmm. the um the the um shoot the mother of the superior most superior thank you Mm -hmm. i don't know why that left my brain i'm super excited about incorruptibility but um the mother superior of of the convent requested that her heart remain with her body Uh right and so there there's there's discussion on you know what are what are we going to allow to right. be taken, yeah. um, and what are we going to going what is going to remain yeah. uh, in in the, the and tomb? It, and, and sometimes it's interesting that the religious order would still have custody right. of, yeah. of the yeah. body of the of their member, right, right. of the person yeah. who was a religious member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so um, sometimes, right, any part of the body we know can be. You know, one of the questions was what part? Uh, any part, right? Um, sometimes. Um, you know the the tomb is left is left empty mm-hmm. right and sometimes um it's left fully intact it just depends on what you know yeah who's who's who has say in the process mm-hmm. right um and so and then those relics are translated that's the right. official word for it into a church or a chapel or an oratory right. after the relics have been identified right and, yeah. and of course it's it's it, you know it, it can't be said enough that only the church has um uh, the judicial judicial Judicial? Judicial? Jurisdictional? They have the authority mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, um, to, to, oh, to do that. Thank you very much, right? But I read a story about uh, St. Catherine of Siena, which was really interesting. After she died, uh, she died in Rome, and the people of Siena wanted to, uh, to venerate her. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they knew, they, they broke into to Rome, and they knew they wouldn't be able to, to take her whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they took her head. Mm-hmm. And um, and and now this was this was probably way before any kind of formal process was was right. in place. Um, but when they were leaving, they got stopped by um, the guards of the city, mm-hmm. and they prayed to Saint Catherine, and they were like, um, <laughs> "Help we us out!" Right. Like so it. they said, "Open your bag," and they were like, "Shoot!" Right. <laughs> and so they opened their bag, and and according to the story, um, her the bag was full of roses, mm-hmm. and. Um, and they were able to 
to leave the city. Uh, when they got back to her her home in Siena, um, they her head reappeared, mm. and they were able to translate it to the altar. Right. There. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. imagine them being like, "Do you think they're going to notice? Yeah, <laughs> right? Do you think that they're going to realize?" Right. That? Yeah. Well, that's a much nicer story than. Have you ever heard the story of like how Saint Mark's body was transported? Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, he was in Egypt or somewhere, and they were trying to bring him back to Venice. Um, to like the Church of San Marco, mm-hmm. and um, but they had to travel through Muslim territory, um, and they similarly came upon like a checkpoint, and um, well, they knew that they were going to, so they um, before they left, they wrapped his body in pork. Um, because Muslims don't touch pork, they don't eat pork, so they wrapped his body in pork so that they wouldn't want you and want to touch it. Yeah, and then they smuggled them out to me. Interesting. Well, there it is. Yeah. Resourceful. Some little, some little shysters. Which leads us to the question of what is the best way, or who is who has you know. Um, what is the proper way to keep relics? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not like um, that. Don't do that. No. Yeah. And so the question becomes, are lay Catholics, those who are not uh, religious, yeah. um, are they? Are we allowed to have those, right? Because these are, I mean, some of these things are, you know, rel- true relics of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Father Chris, you were saying that you have... Um, um, a relic of St. Joseph's cloak. Uh-huh. I mean, these are incredible, incredible pieces. It of, doesn't belong to me. It belongs to my parish. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, but, Still. yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know where I would ever see that in my life. You know, mm. and so we have a tendency to, um, to like collect these things, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and there can be abuses that come along with um, relics. It's important to note sure. that uh, you cannot. Buy and sell relics. No. Right now, the only the only caveat to that is um, if you see one for sale and you want to, as as they say, rescue it, yeah. right? Um, in a sense that I know that this is not supposed to be for sale, yeah. mm-hmm. and I want to um, to bring it into my possession in order to give it to get it out of the marketplace. To get it out of the yeah. marketplace, yeah. right? Yeah, and so um, ideally. Relics are uh, should be kept in a church or a chapel where they can be publicly venerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and while um, while lay people can have them in their homes, right, uh, that's the best place for them is mm-hmm. in a church or in a chapel. Right, um, because and, again, they're part of our family. Yeah, isn't right. meant to be kept just to ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one of, and I didn't know this until several years ago, but I didn't know um, that the highest honor the church can can give to a relic is to place it within an altar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, am I correct in saying that all altars should have a relic? Yeah. Yes. It is no longer required that mm-hmm. they do. Um, but that's one of those uh, quote unquote rules. That's, that's slowly working its way back in mm-hmm. um, because there's actually, a, it's a beautiful part of the right of right. the dedication of yeah. an altar. And also if you notice when the priest comes in to mass um, and this is continued over from the mass of the ages, is that the priest always kisses the altar. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? But what is the mm. priest doing when he kisses the altar? He is not only reverencing the altar which stands as Christ, right? Because the altar in the church represents Christ. Yeah. Um, but he's also kissing the altar stone underneath which are the relics of the saints in that altar. Yeah. And so that's, it's an act of veneration, not only the altar itself because of what it represents, 
and what will take place upon it, mm-hmm. but it's also a veneration of the, the relics that are contained therein. Yeah. And the reason for that is because in the early church, mm-hmm. Mass was said on, um, well, the marble slabs that they had, and mm-hmm. that was the tombs of the saints yeah. and yeah. the catacombs. And so whenever we talk about the phrase of raising someone to the dignity of the altar, mm-hmm. it, it means that someone's going to be made a saint, and Mass is going to be said atop their body. Yeah. And, and so the way that, um, that we kind of shorthand that is we place those altar relics within yeah. altars. Yeah. And it's in, that's from the book of Revelation too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, the fifth seal is I, I saw under the altar, the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cry out, Oh, sovereign Lord, holy and true. Yep. Right. So like they, pro- they are proclaiming the, uh, what's this, about to happen on the altar. That's right. Yeah. They, they are once again, performing that Latria worshiping mm-hmm. God. Again, the saints are not dead. Yeah. Right. They're they more are more alive, alive than we are. Than we are. Mm-hmm. And so, and so they even have a part to play in the liturgy uh, of the mass, yeah. even still today. Yeah. And so, so it's also important to note that, uh, authenticity of these relics is pretty important. And yeah. most, uh, yeah. most come with, with, uh, with paperwork. That's right. It, <laughs> yeah. well, it is. Yeah. It, I mean, we would call it perhaps a certificate of authenticity right. in the best sense of the word. That's exactly what it is. Um, there are religious orders and then of course the congregation for the saints, etc. Um, and if, it, if the person is a saint from a particular religious order, there is someone in the religious order that handles, yeah. um, the, the, the bestowing of relics and the, um, the authenticity yeah. certificates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I went to Poland for World Youth Day, uh, a priest friend of mine, Father Paul, was uh, at a, a church called Divine Mercy here in New Orleans. And um, he, he requested, it was like this whole back and forth, but it, he requested for their for their uh, parish um, a relic of uh, St. Faustina because we mm-hmm. went to her shrine. Um, and it was beautiful and he was so humble. And so, but I remember, you know, like he, I, I met him in the hallway and he was like, Kathleen. And I was like, what? And he was like, do you want to see her? And Aww. I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. And I venerated her right there in the, in the hallway and it was so beautiful. Right. Um, but you know, it was a process. They mm-hmm. don't just, you know, hand, yeah. them, hand them out. No, yeah, absolutely like anymore. Not, no. so, you can request them. Um, but oftentimes uh, it has to be in a, a kind of a special right. mm-hmm. uh, way, right? right. Uh, and typically it has to be done through a parish church or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he requested it for his parish. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, so interesting, beautiful. Yeah, there you go. So so we move from, from that to uh, perhaps kind of like a mega section of uh, patron saint bingo. Yeah. Uh, because again, we tend to sometimes uh, halo effect all the saints by yeah. thinking, well, they they didn't, their feet never quite touched the ground while they were on earth, you know? Right. Um, they, they were the veal of humanity. They were just, you know, just <laughs> um, never. Yeah. No, don't use that phrase. Uh, and, and so already cross stitching that on the yeah, pillow. No, don't do that. Uh, and so, uh, and so, but no, that's not the case. Uh, some of the saints, a lot of the saints have kind of weird stories. Yeah. And Kathleen loves weird stories. I do love weird stories. <laughs> we love the weird. Look, yeah. and that's, you know, some, you know, I was talking to my, to my students about, uh, the fall of Jericho and I was like, look, this is how God works. Like what? Wouldn't it make sense that a human being could walk up to, you know, human being army could walk up to a city, attack it and it falls to the ground? Yeah. Does it make sense that that same human army can walk up to a, a, a city, walk around it seven, for seven days and then it just fall to the ground? And they were like, 
no. And I was like, okay, well, who who is in charge of that? Who mm-hmm. is responsible? God, right? This is how, like, when you talk about the stories of the saints, mm-hmm. many of them we know, right? You've heard about Mother Teresa. You've heard about John Paul II. You've heard, you know, about all the, the apostles, right? St. Peter. Um, and they have incredible stories, mm-hmm. right? And stories that are well known. But here are a few that just may, I don't know. I, they get me excited because I look at them and I go, my life's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. I could look, we're hanging out. Like we could be these people. Those are the saints that I put in my little saint toolbox mm-hmm. or the weirdos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. The first we have St. Margaret and she was uh, actually born to a pagan family. So she wasn't Christian. Right. And she converted to Christianity um, as a young woman. And um, she was actually thrown into prison for thwarting the advances of Olibrius. Mm-hmm. 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 And he was a Roman governor. You don't do that. Right. And no. so we, we've heard this story before, right? That a, a very pious, chaste young woman has said, no, I don't want to get married to this, you know, usually non-Christian. Mm. Right. And um, so she was tortured um, and while well, she was in prison. And uh, then Satan came to her as a dragon. Mm-hmm. And here's where it gets interesting. Right. The dragon ate her. Just tried to gobble her up. Yep, yep. And he did. But the cross that was on her neck, um, like, soured the stomach of this dragon. Mm-hmm. Right? And she then, so then, I mean, that's not enough. She used the cross to cut herself free out of the belly of the beast. It's like a way more metal story of Jonah. Yes. <laughs> not that really? that's already not Jonah, super like metal. Hercules. Think right? Of that, you know, like yeah. Hercules, whenever he's in Hydra and then he... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Beheads. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what did you do this summer? Oh, I cut my way out the belly of the beast. Satan. <laughs> literally. Literally. Right? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. literally. Right. So say Margaret, um, she's also she's a patron saint of pregnant women, uh, the sick and of peasants. And she was actually one of the most popular saints uh, in medieval England. I could see why. Yeah. It's got a legit story. The next guy is my is one of my favorites. Oh, I love Saint Denis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lived mm-hmm. in Paris uh, right? during the third century. And uh, he was the first bishop uh, of of Paris, right? The first mm-hmm. bishop of that kind of newly formed country, and so he's often called the apostle uh, to France. Um, and so he was he was very good at his job, um, and he he infuriated all the officials because Christianity was growing. In fact, this is about the time where we we would begin to call France the eldest daughter of the church mm-hmm. because so many were converted to Christianity, especially at the preaching of Saint Denis mm-hmm. and uh, or Saint Denis, if you want the the Anglicization yeah. Anglicization of it, the Catholicization, um, the Catholicization. <laughs> he was imprisoned by the officials and he was sent to be executed by the pagans right like get this guy out of the way so uh as is often happens is like uh, do you have any last words and of course uh, saint denis is a bishop so <laughs> so bishop dennis uh begins to preach and while he is preaching he is beheaded um but though he had been beheaded he just simply picked his head up and kept preaching as, as you should and then I mean. as the homily ended as he finished his sermon then then he died um, and the reality is that he and his two clergymen were beheaded on the highest hill in Paris. Their bodies were taken from the river to be buried, and uh, a chapel was built over his tomb. And you can certainly venerate uh, Saint Denis to this day. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. church. Which yeah. that's one of the ways that they are, they authenticate relics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were talking about how, especially the older ones, are easier to um, to authenticate because usually a chapel is built over their tomb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Like St. Peter's at mm-hmm. the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tradition does wonders mm-hmm. Yeah, preserving history. That's yeah. right. Uh, we should say it again. Tradition does wonders in preserving history. Yeah. I tell my, my students that whenever we're learning about tradition and they're like, this isn't a reliable way to... Like, yes, it is. Like St. Helena could go to Rome and find... or go Sorry, go to Jerusalem and find the places that Jesus was killed, the Pilate's house, all these different things, the true cross. She was able right. to find all of these things because they'd been preserved. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Immediately, nearly. You yeah, know, yeah. The, they, the, the mm-hmm. faithful had to go dark and they kept what was sacred. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, that's a story for another day. But I really like um, another weird saint that my students really like clicked with for some reason, which I don't know why, but Saint Simeon, he mm-hmm. was a stylite. Um, so like in the beginning of um, like monasticism, early monasticism, um, they there were these these this kind of, of uh, monks um, before like you had like formalized monasticism. There mm-hmm. were these kinds of monks like hermits and other ones, um, but there were stylites and there were a particular type of um, prayerful person who would live on a pillar. Like a big in, stone like tower. A pil- yes, like a big stone tower. They just live on the top of it. I'm and um, that is weird. They d- yeah, right. <laughs> Some people went into caves. They went on top of a pillar. Why not? Um, and so <laughs> I, I mentioned. I told when I was teaching church history last year. I told that to my students, and they were just for some reason just locked onto that, and they loved that. <laughs> Don't know why. But Saint Simeon love his story. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They just love it. Because he, he was, uh, like a like a stylist, like, right? a, like yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, a pillar dweller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steely mm-hmm. face. Okay. All so right, he sorry. started out with one that was six feet tall, which is mm-hmm. like kind of like you know if you're building a treehouse, you start with something like reasonable, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But it didn't really help him to get away from people, and that's what he wanted. He wanted isolation. That's why people go into the desert. Yeah, they go into a go, cave where you yeah. just go up. Yeah, right. So he was <laughs> he like, well, up. I'm scared of the dark, so I'm gonna go up. So he <laughs> moved to a different. Um, pillar that was 50 feet tall and he lived there for I kid you not 47 years wow and he kind of gained followers because of this you can imagine um and it's believed that pe- they, his followers built a wall to keep people away so that he could actually like pray in peace which is and what he wanted monk, yeah um and despite you know being constantly exposed to the elements as you can imagine living on top of a pillar um he remained steadfast and he lived up there for 47 years My and he goodness. converted uh, a ton of people to Christianity because of that yeah. radical witness. That's what a saint yeah. is, a radical witness. And um, he even converted uh, or influenced the Roman emperor Leo the First. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. We Just didn't convert him completely, but he, he influenced him enough to kind of soften his stance in, in the treatment of Christians. That's really interesting. And, and that's the thing I think we should mention, too, is that to be a saint means that you live a radical life, yeah. a yeah. radical life for God. Yep. And that's why you have the ability to be a saint, because yeah. you can live that radical life that's going against the flow of, of what everybody else is feeding you yeah. uh, is the way to live, you know? And it's radical for the time. Yeah. I think that's important, too. Like, what was radical in the Middle Ages is not going to be what's radical now. That's right. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you're here in 2020, and I think we all know the situation of 2020 and what 2020 entails. And this time, we know what culture yeah. is telling us. Um, frequently, we're on social media. Like, we are the saints who are called to be here in the now, yep. um, which is awesome. I mm-hmm. think that's my favorite thing to tell people, especially young people. Like, mm-hmm. you're a saint for now. Like, you're not supposed to be the saint. 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite uh, saint, especially a weird one? Um, <laughs> or just or just a saint that's one of your favorites. 
I have, okay, I do have an interesting story. So I was talking to Kathleen earlier, making sure that they still do this, but at St. Not St. Joseph's, at Our Lady of Mercy, where Which I went. Which is one of our parish churches yeah. in Baton Rouge. Well, St. Jo- yeah, Our Lady of Mercy Parish Church. Um, I went to school there from pre-K all the way to eighth grade. And in fourth grade, they have a saint project and they still have the saint project. I, you don't get to choose your saint. Oh, you're assigned a saint. You're assigned a saint. Some people got to pick if they had like a special connection, but I mean, we're fourth graders, so <laughs> I don't really know how Yet, many, right. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really know who had a true devotion except for like those four kids. <laughs> so my teacher was going through this little book and they still have the book at Catholic Arts and Gifts. I know cause I've seen it and I've thought of buying it, but it was like the last page of the book and it was saint bridget of sweden oh yeah oh, she's mm-hmm. awesome and so yeah you say yeah everyone's like oh yeah i know who she is so that's who i was given and it was right pre-internet so or it was internet was a thing but sure but library saint, was where yeah. you went library was where you went and she's not like she's not google to like 2006 Google, you know? Mm -hmm. So I remember my mom was like, are you talking about St. Bridget of Ireland? Like all Uh these random Bridgets that are not her. (laughs) So my mom and I have questionable evidence about who this person was because my mom was helping with the report that I had to do. So I remember my mom was like, she would be a good person to maybe make your confirmation saint. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, fourth grade. I was like, you know what? She's going to be my confirmation saint. (laughs) Check. And yeah, I picked her. She was my person that I picked. And I don't know how... I didn't have to write about her or anything, but I remember the DRE at the time came up and he's like, who's your confirmation saint? And I was like, St. Bridget of Sweden. And he said, do you know anything about her? So I rattled <laughs> off some facts that I had about her. Um, from fourth grade. And from fourth grade. And like, you know, she has a really interesting story. It wasn't hard for me to forget. Like it's something that her story stuck with me this long, right. but I got confirmed and then after I was like maybe I should look her up (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is backwards but I'm looking her up and I'm like oh she's like legit Mm -hmm. she's really cool and she has she's very persistent in her prayer which I think is something that I also hope to be but her persistence was given reached multiple rewards and one of them she prayed like Jesus, I want to know like how many times were you mm-hmm. wounded whenever mm-hmm. you went through your passion? And he ended up giving her a number mm-hmm. and like this prayer that she could pray as she was going to Rome because it was during the uh, what's it called? Was it the schism? Was yeah. it or like the? It could have been. Or it was either the schism or the popes. The oh, Avignon oh, Papacy. The, okay. I think it might have been Avignon Papacy. I don't know, but she was. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was during that. Mm-hmm. So she's advocating, you know, for the Pope and like the t- plague was happening in Europe. It was a jubilee year, but there was also the Avignon Papacy. Yes. So, so she's it was like twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> it was twenty twenty and thirteen fifty. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So she uh, she's got this prayer, and it's fifteen prayers you pray once a day for a year, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of course I'm sitting here senior in high school who's kind of getting more into my faith and I'm like well I'll save that for a rainy day yeah, yeah. <laughs> so of course I was now I'm thinking to do it more and more now yeah. but I also found out she's the patroness of failure hmm. yeah. which I think is the coolest name and I it really resonates with me if you know anything about my track record in ministry and how like every event we've had barring the march for life has either had like a hurricane sure. virtual <laughs> yeah. event 2020 happens yeah. you know a tree so fell on a tree fell board. tree yeah. fell on a cabin yeah it was great <laughs> power lines down everything um but yeah. isn't, that, isn't that funny how the the saints pick us because yeah. like yeah. They do. because my my confirmation saint was saint bernadette mm-hmm. and that i think this became like the beginning of my 
love of weird Catholic stuff mm-hmm. because yeah. I found out that she was incorruptible. Yeah. Right. And so when she was exhumed, her body had not decayed or had, had decayed at a much slower rate. Mm-hmm. Right. As scientifically proven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Without any without any um, attempts to preserve her yeah. body. Um, and like I was like, are you OK? Because at first I was like, St. Bernadette, like she's quiet, she's meek and she's right. humble. Mm-hmm. Nothing like me. Right. <laughs> and then I, I started to learn about her. And, and it was like she said, yeah, you may be nothing like me, but you desire to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, Slice lady. To the heart. And, then, and then like, but isn't that interesting how these saints like we ha- they yep. have these interesting stories and we're drawn into the saints. But really, when they draw us in, they're yeah. saying, yeah, I'm drawing you in though because I want you to know my experience with the Lord. Yeah. So I'm drawing you into that experience, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the saints really do like we can make our own arsenal of saints, but they they pick us. They really and do. And we could tell. I mean, we could look. We, we could, could have an after stories. show for hours about that, about how the saints, particular yeah. saints in all of our lives, have yeah, have real. chosen us. Right? That's right. And so that can be something that you can do in your own prayer is mm-hmm. to say um, is to open yourself up and say. Uh, Lord, show me my family. Yeah. Show me the saints that uh, that want to be my intercessors. And mm-hmm. uh, believe me, they will begin to manifest themselves in your life. And, mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing. Um, to, to talk a little bit briefly about St. Bridget, um, the, the what happened in prayer is the Lord said to St. Bridget, I received 5,480 blows upon my body. If you want to honor them in some way, Recite 15 Our Fathers and 15 Hail Marys with the following prayers, which I will teach you for an entire year. When the year is finished, you will have honored each of my wounds. Mm-hmm. And those prayers became known as the 15 O's because they begin like, O Yesu, O Rex, O Domini Yesu, right? Yeah. And so what a beautiful thing. And that's part of the weirdness and the beauty of, of our Catholic faith. My goodness. Well, it's been a, a fantastic show, and we got so many more saints. <laughs> but... So we many should, more. We do. We should say, as always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, listeners, and prayer warriors like you, and also by benefactors like you. You can become an official undergrounder today by going to catholicunderground.com slash donate. We're excited because we've got some new equipment that's coming yes. in to help us uh, bring you a, a flashier, better, and more enjoyable show. So thank you to our benefactors. You can also help us out by letting others know about us. So like us, heart us, star us on your platform of choice. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, leave a review and a favorable comment in your podcastador. Uh, our panelists have been Kathleen Lee. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Olivia Galino. Thank you, Olivia. Hey. Nicole Jones. She's at Nickelodeon underscore three on Instagram. Thank you, Nicole. No problem. I'm he, happy to be here. Oh, we're glad you've been here. Also, uh, Ed Ball's in the video cave. We've got uh, Albert, who's been running the audio for us. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And, well, you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. I'm on, on Instagram and Twitter, at Digital Catholic. You've been listening to the Catholic Underground. We are trying to cut through the noise so that you can find that still small voice. We'll see you next time.
from the Catholic underground.